Welcome to the Journal of Inherited Metabolic Disease podcast, a fortnightly discussion about the latest news, views and research from the journal. With over 1,500 diagnoses, there's always something to talk about, from the first disorders described by Garrod through to the latest thoughts on treatments and classification. The podcast can be found on all the major providers, and if you like what you hear, please leave a review, tell a friend and hit subscribe, but not before listening to the latest episode on a completely new disorder. Now, if you've listened to the podcast on the International Classification of Inherited Metabolic Disorders, and if you haven't listened yet, spoilers, you may recall that several new metabolic diseases are being identified every month. So it's pretty exciting to be talking today about just such a new diagnosis. And I'm joined by a familiar face and a newcomer. So welcome back, Professor Thorsten Marquard, and welcome for the first time, Dr. Jan Oliver Sass. Thank you both for joining me today. Happy to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. We're talking today about 3-hydroxyisobutyric dehydrogenase deficiency, a novel disorder of valine metabolism. Valine degradation is a multi-stage process. There's a number of enzymes involved, and there are some fairly well-known disorders arising from deficiencies there. I wonder if you could take us through that process quickly and explain where 3-hydroxyisobutyric dehydrogenase deficiency actually comes in. Yeah, if I may start. Actually, uh, valine... As uh, all of you know, is a, is a branched amino acid, an essential amino acid. And its degradation pathway is a very important pathway to feed the citric acid cycle. It's uh, the second most important anaplerotic reaction, meaning that, that the degradation of these branched chain amino uh, acids generates succinyl-CoA, which fills up the citric acid cycle. And of course, the most well-known disease in this respect is maple syrup urine disease, where not only valine degradation, but also the degradation of the keto acids of uh, leucine and isoleucine um, are affected. And this pathway basically generates propylenyl-CoA and uh, methylmalonyl-CoA, and then uh, enters the citric acid cycle. And uh, this new enzymatic defect is basically two steps ahead of uh, the propionyl-CoA generation. And obviously you've mentioned maple syrup urine disease there. That's got a, a sort of intoxication phenotype with leucine encephalopathy. The, the disease phenotypes that you see within these disorders within the valine pathway, are they similar conditions? Yeah, maybe Oliver can, can comment on that because he had already discovered earlier another disease in the same uh, valine degradation pathway. Well, I think we have to be a bit careful because there are well number of conditions here um, some of them are well known and established diseases like the maple syrup urine disease but we also have disorders in this pathway which clearly represent biochemical variants but where it's really doubtful whether they are really the cause of disease for instance we have the isobutyl coa dehydrogenase deficiency in here and i think also with the disease, sorry, with the disorder highlighted here, the 3-hydroxyisobutyrate dehydrogenase deficiency, well, we can't really be sure whether this is a disease or not rather a biochemical variant, some kind of disorder in the pathway. So I think there are quite different situations in this setting. And I mean, we have to be careful not to, to, not to generalize too much, I would say. Oh, fair enough. I, mean, I, I actually know a patient with methylmalonic semialdehyde dehydrogenase deficiency, which I spent a lot of my early years in post trying to learn to pronounce correctly. And I know that's a condition <laughs> that we're not 
entirely sure how it how it affects someone. Um, this is a new disorder, if not a disease. And and um, Thorsten there said that Oliver, you've found another new disease previously. How how does one go about finding a new disease then? Um, well, I mean, if, let's stay sick with new disorders actually, and it's it's <laughs> largely it came out of diagnostic work actually, patient focused work where you then found something unusual and went up on that. Yeah, so we found some some abnormal metabolite patterns and then looked for potential reasons, potential causes, and then ended up with some, well, some biochemical cause and a kind of novel disorder. Yeah. I think these days, you know, it's it's more uh, common that new diseases are uh, discovered by genetic techniques. Whereas in former days, it was like you found, you found a special metabolic trait and then tried to figure out what the molecular defect could be. Actually, here in this new disease, it was done the old-fashioned way because it was found in uh, these children that they had a high excretion of this 3-hydroxyisobutyric acid in the urine. And then uh, when you look where this compound is generated, you uh, get into the valine degradation pathway, and then it was straightforward to find the enzyme and the affected gene. And I know, I mean, obviously, we don't want to get caught up on whether this is a disease or a disorder. Certainly, it's a metabolic perturbation. And you talked about managing it with a, a low valine diet. I've seen sort of low protein diets. Is there something specific about valine restriction? Are there foods that are low or high in valine? Well, uh, the way that was done is the child was put on a on a diet low in natural protein, and then this diet was substituted with an amino acid mixture used for uh, MSUD, which is then free in leucine, isoleucine, and valine, and then leucine and isoleucine were uh, substituted. So that this mixture was only uh, valine deficient because there's no valine deficient uh, mixture on on the market. And after implementing a, a treatment protocol, you saw an improvement in the clinical phenotype, didn't you? Yes, actually, uh, we did. We saw a decrease in the excretion um, of the abnormal organic acid and. Uh, also, we saw an improvement in school performance, in uh, social interaction. Uh, and of course, you know, as Oliver uh, already said, with the low number uh, of patients you have, uh, it's often the case when, when you find a new uh, disease or a new deficient enzyme, it's hard to say uh, what will be the clinical phenotype. I mean, you have obviously a clinical phenotype with uh, psychomotor sedation that brought the patient to the hospital. And you then find a biochemical abnormality that could be, could be the cause uh, of these problems or could be not, uh, which you will only learn when you have more uh, patients. And one of the things I noticed when you when I'm reading the paper is that you, at the end you throw the cat amongst the pigeons because in your discussion, you point out that the patient's sister has the same biochemical picture and the same genetic change, but doesn't have the clinical phenotype seen in her brother. So should the champagne be going back on ice? <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's hard to say. Of course, we have variations in clinical uh, severity among other diseases as well, uh, called like incomplete penetrance or whatever you want to call it. And my most impressive example really is in uh, X-chromosomal renal leukodystrophy. 
another metabolic disease uh, where uh, you have a paroxysmal uh, metabolic uh, disturbance. And I have two brothers with this disease, an X-chromosomally inherited disease. And the first boy, he got symptoms when he was in primary school. He had aggressive behavior. He took all, off all his clothes and threatened someone with a knife. And he deteriorated pretty rapidly and was in a coma, basically, in the last year of his life and died when he was around 12 years of age. And his brother, he has exactly the same uh, mutation. He has exactly the same abnormal paroxysmal metabolites. Everything uh, is exactly the same. Uh, but he is uh, nearly my age. He is uh, close to 50 years of age. And I uh, investigated him with all machines we have here in the hospital. And I couldn't find anything. You know, I couldn't find uh, electrophysiological abnormalities. I couldn't find um, anything on MRT or any clinical symptoms. So, you know, the clinical manifestation of a disease, even within one family, can be extremely different. And uh, although we often have similar phenotypes, that doesn't have to be the case. And again, with just two patients on hand, it's hard to say what is going to happen to the sister and what's going to be the, the clinical phenotype or not when we have uh, discovered more patients. I suppose so the question is, is this a disease or is this a disorder? I mean, and I mentioned the ICIMD uh, project at the beginning of this. Is this going to receive a classification and a placement on their, uh, on their chart? I mean, we have that uh, for quite a few metabolic disorders, yeah, like three MCC deficiency, for instance, yeah, where also the majority of the patient, basically every patient I have encountered in the last 30 years has, has no phenotype, yeah, whereas nevertheless, uh, the literature reports patients with, with a phenotype that uh, the authors correlate to this disease and the question is, it's, and it's sometimes difficult to decide, is it just a metabolic disturbance, uh, some kind of uh, biochemical variation, or can it cause uh, symptoms? I, mean, I suppose that reflects the bias in that we, we go looking for disease in, in children with a phenotype. We don't look for these biochemical right, problems exactly. in children who are you know, normal, for want of a better word. Exactly true. Well, hopefully this publication will allow a sort of further expansion of the knowledge around HIV, ADH deficiency, and, and you can sort of build out that phenotype going forward. Right. Well, Thorsten and Oliver, thank you so much. That's all we really need to talk about, I think, today. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. And if you would like to read that paper, please do go to our website and look for 3-hydroxyisobutyric dehydrogenase deficiency. Um, and if you'd like to hear more from us, especially more from Thorsten, um, when he spoke with us previously on a disorder of manganese transport, please search for JMD Podcast wherever you like to listen. Thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.